rip open that pack of cards and check the mail for the ninth time today. It's episode 53 of Welcome to the Hit Show. Today's guests include a sticky gob of dark matter, the inventor of the strudel, Fabian Ardaya, and a reminder that we are all in this together. We are all stuck in here together. Someone put us all in here. I'm not sure how. Please don't panic. There, there has to be a lid or something. You're, it, I'm sorry. You're, you're stepping on my face. Can you, can you please just slide a little to the left? Welcome to the hit show. the thought and effort that you put in to your wheels off introductions to the hit show. And I mean that in the Thank nicest you. way possible. You know, I think the longer that people are stuck uh, with their own thoughts, th- that my sense of humor is becoming less weird and unique and people are starting to just be like, oh yeah, no, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're all batshit crazy. It, it, that's yeah. That's one thing I've learned. Um, yeah. So good one. I, I like that one. Um, and when I said, I think you're weird as hell, I did mean that in the nicest way possible. I'm, I'm extremely weird myself. So, um, I took it as a compliment. I feel like if you're not weird, you're probably doing something wrong. If you're too normal. Yes. That's not cool. That's suspicious. That's shady. You're hiding something. At that so point. shady. Um, I am so not shady because I am so absolutely weird. Um, okay. So here we are still no baseball. Um, and well, let's, just, let's do a welfare kinda. check. Yeah, kinda. Good point. Good point. I stayed up until four in the morning. Did you? Okay, can I tell you just degenerative gambler in me? You can actually gamble on these games. Can you really? Um, I have sources tell me (laughs) that there are places where you can find lines on these games. Um, Oh my gosh! I mean, not saying I'm going to do that or would do that, but uh, just you know, sometimes you need to get your fix in some way and. Maybe the KBO is just the way to do it. Okay, before we talk baseball, I do want to do welfare check. Have you done, okay, yeah. speaking of weird, have you done anything weird since the last time we talked? Um, you know, all that fun stuff. Uh, no. I mean. No more dot. Your hair's still blue. No, no, no. I shaved my head like two days after that. Oh, dear. Okay. Yeah. Missed that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, it just, the, the blue was a lot of fun. Um, and then I was just, I was having a, I think everybody has had like one of those weeks since this started where they're just like mm-hmm. rock bottom and I kind of hit rock bottom. And, yeah. and every time I saw my blue hair, it was like, who do you think you are having fun right now? This is not a fun moment. And so right. uh, in a fit of just grumpiness, I, I went in and shaved my head for the first time in like 10 years. Uh, not shaved. I buzzed it like on one. So I basically took the clippers that I used to shave my beard into a fine stubble uh, and, and just... Buzz. It's a it's a really bad look. It's not it's not my best look. But uh, uh, have you posted a picture of it? I feel like you uh, should share yeah. this with the yeah, world. Yeah, it's somewhere. It's oh, okay. I think it's right, I look. don't think it's on Instagram, but it's on Twitter somewhere. Um, but yeah, I mean it, it, it looks it. I looked like I felt. So. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, I, I didn't shave my head. No more chemical peels yet. Okay. Um, we, we did drive 17 hours to Virginia to visit my sister and her family. They live in the middle of nowhere, Virginia. Um, and so anyway, don't, nobody judge. We were, we were, we we're slowly, my approach to this thing is we are slowly integrating ourselves back into some sort of normalcy and introducing family first. And so we drove 17 hours straight through to be with them in the middle of nowhere, Virginia for a week and then just got back, um, yesterday. So long car ride was, you know, talk about time with your thoughts. Um, that gave me plenty of it, but yeah, so that was probably the craziest thing I've done since the last time we talked. And then other, one other thing, and we talked about, you know, random purchases, um, during quarantine, we bought a couple of bikes and I also, uh, got an early mother's day present of an apple watch and it keeps telling me to breathe. And when it tells me to breathe, it makes me so angry (laughs) that I feel like it's doing the opposite of what it's supposed to do. Cause I'm like, okay, I'm breathing, you know, and then I get upset and then I'm like, I, I, so I need to figure out how to turn off the breathe option, um, on my, it's your, it's your ingrained. I've noticed this a lot actually. And I could, I could really get on the soapbox about this, but I won't because this is a fun conversation. I feel like there is a certain, uh, ingrained American defiance where when you are told to do something, your immediate response is like, uh, uh. Yeah. And so your watch is telling you to breathe and that's a it good is. thing. You should breathe. And your it immediate is. response is just like, oh yeah, watch it's this. Like, <gasps> I'm going to hold my breath for a long time. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So we're still, you know, we're hanging in there. We're kind of, like I said, every, every family's different. Everybody's doing different, you know, different things. And so that's what we're, you know, starting to introduce family members. Um, you know, we haven't seen my mom and, you know, or been close to her and, you know, a couple months or since we got back from Arizona, cause she was with me in Arizona. And so, yeah, we're just slowly trying. That's our approach. You know, not everyone has to do everything. You know, everybody does things their own way. We're still doing the, you know, the, the following the rules in public and all that kind of stuff. But that's kind of where we are and what we're doing. And I, you know, sometimes I'm like, is this the right thing? But then I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Wait until they say, oh, it's dead. And then just go out and you know, party with 50,000 people in a packed stadium. I don't know. So that's my plan. This is just, this is just, well, okay. No, it's not a bad one. That's fine. Not, not um, leaving the house s- until, until you I can go to a concert with, with 50,000 people packed on top of each other. Oh yeah. I'm going to crowd you know, surf when I get out there, of here. There we go. So anyway, to each his own, um, during this, you know, global pandemic, but on the baseball front, we mentioned two things, the KBO, which is yes. the Korean baseball league is playing um, under a modified system and ESPN is broadcasting these games and what are they once a week I didn't watch so it is, you tell me No what they're the doing they're doing like. 6 games a week um oh, 6 a week the, okay Yeah most of the time they're going to be at like 5 a.m. though so I'm going to miss a lot of them uh, cuz I don't believe in 5 a.m. unless I stay up until then but last night it was their opening day and so it was day games over there so the game started at like uh like midnight 12:01 and um and in the the broadcast is so wheels off because it's guys uh, it's uh, Carl Ravitch and uh, uh what's the other guy's name Eduardo Perez Oh okay uh, and they are each in their own home and they are basically watching the game on TV like the rest of us and just calling the game as they go and honestly they're doing a fantastic job given the circumstances but there was one point last night where the their screens cut out and they were just like 
Carl Ravitch in his, which I'm not going to even pretend to do a, a, a good impersonation of him. He's like, well, we're looking at a black screen right now. So whatever you guys are seeing, we can't see it. And this went on for like five minutes where they just couldn't see the game and they were just talking amongst each other and there's some delay too. So, you know, we've had this issue on a podcast sometimes where I'll say something and there'll be this six second pause before you can, you know, hear it and respond. And then sometimes we'll end up like starting sentences at the same time. That was happening right. pretty, pretty frequently last night, but you know what? It's baseball and it was great sure. and it was fun yeah. to watch. Yeah. So, and I I'll think there, it. didn't you find some, you found some, you know, kind of local ties. Adrian Sampson's, is Adrian Sampson yep. over there? He's playing, he's playing uh, for Jared the Hoying. Giants. Hoying is playing for the Samsung Lions. So, yeah. um, yeah, we got a couple of former Rangers over there. And, uh, and then I'm, I've been working on this, um, flow chart actually. I spent like, <laughs> Here's something of course weird you're I working did. on a flow chart. <laughs> I, I spent like 10 hours on a flow chart and it's almost done. Um, of which KBO team should I root for? And I think we're going to try and get this up on the athletic soon. Um, it's very complicated. Like, do you root for teams that have never won a championship? Do you root for teams that have won all the championships? Do you just like the name Snake Dragons? Like, it's all of these choices. Um, so yeah, I know more about the KBO than I have ever known in my life. And it's something to do. Yeah, well, flowcharts are important during global pandemics. Yes. Um, okay, so KBO continues, gives us a little taste of baseball, and then Trevor Plouffe um, yeah. teased us with a tweet yesterday that didn't wasn't very elaborate, but it did. You know, I mean, Trevor Plouffe is not you know Joe Schmo, um, right? And so I think it kind of piqued some interest, but you haven't heard a whole lot since he tweeted that on Monday as far as specifics um, right. about a plan to get back. So the tweet, if people haven't heard it yet, Trevor Plouffe, who actually spent a spring training with the Rangers, uh, former twin, he was with the Phillies maybe for a while? I forget. Anyway, he's, he's played some big league baseball, uh, says, want some good baseball news? I just heard from multiple sources that on June 10th, spring training two will start. July 1st will be opening day and all teams will be playing at their home ballparks. We'll be discussing it in full on the next at talking baseball underscore. So that's very specific from him. We haven't really heard any confirmation from anyone else as far as like, if that's definitely what's happening, but right. Um, I did do some outreach to uh, maybe just check the validity of said tweet. Um, and I did get confirmation that while it is definitely not a foregone conclusion, that is what they're efforting. So they are efforting, you know, this plan, but obviously still so many logistics to be worked out, um, nowhere near close to being able to announce it. So um, I, I think there's some promise there. The fact that it didn't get swatted to half court when I threw it out there made me, you know, happy. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, it seems like this is the plan that, to, that's going to at least satisfy all parties to where we can get at least some semblance of baseball. But then you, you know, you worry, you hear about the, the states like, you know, California that how, how is that going to work there? Um, right. You know, so anyway, it's not, you know, definitely nothing imminent at this point, but at least, like I said, when I checked with people, um, who would be in the know, it wasn't like, no, that's crazy or, you know, that's ludicrous. So right. maybe a little bit of a little shimmer of light right now. Yeah. And then the question for me, if, you know, not to make this whole thing about me, but I'm like, okay, so how, 
you know, is the media basically going to be watching on TV? Are we going to be, um, you know, how is this all going to play out? There's so much to be, to be answered. Yeah. And I wonder that I wonder the same thing about myself. I mean, you've got the possibility of, you know, remote broadcasting, um, you know, would they want me to be remote broadcasting or they, would they want Dave and CJ to be remote broadcasting and me be there to do the interviews? Who, I mean, no clue. And I don't think they know yet. Um, I mean, I'm sure if they knew they would fill me in as far as my capacity, but, um, you know, there's a lot of different things at play or you don't know if they're just going to do something, if it's going to be from team to team. Um, you know, cause I've already spoken with, a couple of my colleagues that have been told they would not be a part of, you know, they would not be deemed essential. They would not be a part of that in the, as far as physically attending um, those games. And so I don't know if that's, if the league will do something league wide, like these are the people who can be a part of this and everyone else, you know, has to, you know, do a workaround or what. I mean, there's obviously so many, so many elements, yeah. and I'm pretty sure pr- probably the you know the media covering it and the broadcast are probably you know toward the bottom of that list of things that needs to be figured out. I'm sure, and and I will you know this is not because I want to be mindless and not put my own thought into it, um, but I, I you know I'll support whatever the the Baseball Writers Association pushes for. Um, I, I think if they deem it essential, and hopefully that will be a thoughtful conversation amongst the leadership at the at the Baseball Writers Association. But me personally, you know, if it comes down to me being at home and, you know, at the end of every game, TR and Evan and Jeff and I can text John and be like, hey, we need to talk to this player, this player, and this player. And all of a sudden, players are getting on a Zoom call after a game and we're getting to talk to them and write our stories. Then you know, I don't want it to be that way forever. I don't think that would be beneficial for us to do that once things are back to quote unquote normal. But hey, if that's how it has to be in 2020 for us to be able to have baseball and for us to write baseball stories. All right. Yeah. I th- And I think that's the kind of the way everybody is like just whatever, whatever we can do to get, you know, to get back, to get back on the field. Um, Cause I think it, I think it is, I think, I mean, sports are important. I think especially in a time like this, I think if they, you know, and that's, that's relatively speaking, obviously, you know what I mean? They're not necessary, but I think they are important to, um, you know, to the overall feel of, you know, this thing trying to get back to some sort of normalcy. Yeah. Well, our guest today is Fabian Ardaya. He is the Angels beat writer. After this short message from our sponsors, let's go talk to Fabian. If you're bored in the house, bored in the house. I mean, bored. Why not spend some time on yourself? Our sponsor today, Manscaped, is here to make sure you're well-groomed above and below the belt. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving thanks to their Lawnmower 3.0. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with a new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. This third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Shaving is about to be nick free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. 
Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code THEATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, that's a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. So, go to manscaped.com and use the code THEATHLETIC. All right, we are here with our Angels beat writer, Fabian Ardaya, who is, uh, I think, 16 years, 17 years. Fabian, how old are you? I'm 22, but thanks for having me, Levi. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, anytime we are at the winter meetings or just get a chance to hang out with all of the the beat writers, I find myself uh, in a group with with Fabian and others, and uh, I honestly consider him one of my one of my best friends on the beat. So uh, I had to give him just just a little, just a little trash talk. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Fabian. Thanks, thanks, Levi. It's not not nothing I don't really hear on a daily basis on the Angel Speed, so I appreciate you giving it to me too. Yeah, sorry, I'll be more original next time. Um, so let's uh, let's start with with non baseball stuff. How are you? How are you holding up, man? What's what are you doing to keep yourself busy? Uh, I mean, I'm out in Arizona still. I was in Arizona for spring training, and I have family out here. I'm from out here, so once everything got shut down, I decided to probably be for the best that instead of quarantining in California by myself, I'd be with family. Uh, so I've been out here, uh, trying to keep myself busy, just with obviously writing, trying to come up with ideas, um, and then just some stuff around the house. Uh, my sister has a cat, so I'm living with a pet for the first time, and he's awesome, but, uh, kind of a pain in the butt sometimes. But other than that, like, it's just been sort of trying to find some sort of normal in what has been really unprecedented times. Yeah, yeah, there has been, there, I, look, I don't want to say this publicly, but there's been talk of maybe a cat joining the Weaver household too, so let's, oh wow, let's keep that on the down low. Unless, we don't need to tell anybody, but there's the the uh, the discussions have begun. We've got no contract in place, uh, but that's good. It's good you've got family around, um, and you know, hey, if things start to kick off in Arizona, then you're going to be right there. Um, have you heard anything I haven't heard as far as like the the quote unquote Arizona plan? Like, Apparently, it gets really really hot here, which I hadn't heard. Uh, but uh, it's already triple digits. So, um, for those thinking, oh, they could play midday games, I'm sure they could do it. It just wouldn't be pleasant for anyone involved. Uh, I really haven't heard anything about like what's necessarily definitive or any like real plan. I think anyone telling you like that anything is going to happen doesn't really know at this point. Uh, they're just sort of playing it by ear. But I mean, I think. There's been a lot of holes poked into the Arizona plan. There's been a lot of holes poked into just about every plan that's been put out there. But the point is, like, if there's going to be baseball, odds are that it's not necessarily going to be the most foolproof, like, foolproof plan. Uh, so right. I guess they're just trying to figure out, like, the biggest way to mitigate some of the risks while still making it something that sort of seems at least a little bit like baseball. Um, mm-hmm. we'll see. Uh, I miss baseball as much as anyone, but I understand like the need and the desire to really wait until everything is fully in place and ready and safe for everyone involved. Uh, so in the meantime, I'm content staying up in the middle of the night and watching KBO baseball. 
Yeah, baby. Me too. I was, I was up last night watching some opening day baseball. Um, I watched the, uh, the ESPN broadcast, the, the NC Dinos versus the Samsung Lions. But, uh, I, I was seeing people on Twitter watching Twitch streams of, of, uh, all, all different manner of, of baseball games who, um, we, spoiler alert, we talked about this a little off the air before you came on, but, but, uh, why don't you give us the rundown on who your, who your KBO team is? Uh, I was watching ESPN broadcast too, but also like, apparently, yeah, like you mentioned, Twitch is doing all the streams for the KBO games. Uh, so I thought I'd support, uh, a fr- mutual friend of ours, something Kim, who works for the Lotte Giants now. So I watched part of that game, uh, big opening day comeback for them. So off to a good start. Right on. Are there, I know Adrian Sampson for our, for our Rangers listeners, Adrian Sampson is pitching for the Giants, so there's somebody that you can root for. Are there any former Angels that are on any of the KBO teams? Uh, uh Drew Chinsky pitched in the ESPN game yesterday. He was opening oh, day right. starter. Uh, and he was in the Angels bullpen, I think, in 2015. And then, uh, Angels icon, uh, Drew also was an opening day starter, uh, last night. Uh, I think it was for the Wiz. Yeah, it was for the Wiz. So, I mean, he, yeah, despite right. made only, I think it was eight appearances for the Angels in 2018, but he's a former Angel, so, uh, he's someone for Angels fans to look out for in the KBO games. Let's, uh, let's pretend it's the good old days and, and actually just talk about the Angels for a minute. You know, I think Rangers fans are, are, um, regardless of how things are, are split up, the Rangers and Angels, if there is baseball, will end up hopefully playing each other this year. We all remember the uh, the big move, the Anthony Rendon signing. But what? Uh, let's let's just do kind of a, a brief overview of the changes in the Angels from last year to this year. Do you think they'll be better? Do you think about the same? Um, what's give, fill me? It feels like I've been in quarantine for seven years. Fill me in on what has happened in the outside world. I think the roster is definitively better than it was a year ago. Uh, any chance you can have to add, like add a top 10 type player like Anthony Rendon, uh, is gonna instantly make that lineup even better than it was. And there was points last year where it was a top five lineup in baseball. So if you can add Anthony Rendon to that, obviously they're gonna be a lot better. You can easily say that Rendon's probably the best teammate Mike Trout has had as far as like actual talent level when they were playing together. Um, and I mean, pitching side, like if you're if you're gonna swap out Trevor Cahill and Matt Harvey to believe for Dylan Bundy and Julio Tehran, you'd say it's an upgrade. Uh, it's not as big an upgrade as people wanted. It's not say Corey Kluber, the Angels tried to trade for, uh, who the Rangers actually got. Uh, but the Angels definitely got better this winter. Uh, it's just a matter of how much better they got. Um, obviously, the AL West. Uh, is tough. I mean, there's going to be a lot of really competition for the top four teams there. Uh, I'm not sure the Mariners are necessarily going to be in the hunt, but those top four teams there are going to be all probably at least in the fringes of playoff contention. And then the Astros obviously are going to be probably we're on pace to probably be another 90 plus win team again. Um, I mean, so this team, this Angels team is better. Uh, I think the biggest thing that I was looking forward to is seeing how much better they were and whether or not it was enough or if they were going to be, have, be one of those teams that has to make a move at the deadline. Here's how, uh, here's how out of touch with baseball I feel. Like this is the question of a man with a, like a Tom Hanks and castaway beard. Uh, but I, when I was doing a little bit of like 
sort of check in on the angels so I can ask better questions for the show, I was like, oh yeah, they changed managers, didn't they? Yeah, it's yes. Joe Madden, like literally like probably the biggest managerial change of the off season. But I, there was so much that went on with managers between the Astros and the Red Sox and even the Mets hiring Carlos Beltran for like seven minutes. I'm like, oh my gosh, I almost forgot that the Angels hired Joe Madden. How how big a difference do you think he's going to make as far as the, the managerial, uh, however much a manager can affect a, a team? I mean... When it comes to the stuff that you can see, I think that's stuff that Joe Madden really excels at. I mean, you can see his presence. You can see, you, you can hear some of the jokes he's making. You can hear how he is with guys. And obviously you're seeing a lot of him, even in quarantine. I think he's doing like a weekly radio spot. Uh, he has like his own YouTube channel. He's guest lecturing at Harvard Business School. Like he's making himself known and seen. And I think that's something that sort of exemplifies how he is as a manager too. Uh, he sort of makes himself present to his players. Um, which isn't necessarily, not anyway bashing on Brad Austin. It was just sort of, you could sort of feel Joe Madden's presence a little more than you could with Brad Austin. Brad Austin seemed like he's very relaxed, but it's more sort of like you have to approach him for a lot of stuff. Uh, as opposed to the opposite where it's a lot of, Joe Madden will reach out to you, and it's sort of the same way you can notice in scrums. Even like he'll he'll engage a lot, and they'll engage a lot with just about anyone. Uh, and that's something obviously that has a lot of positive traits to it. I mean, there's a reason why he's had a level of success uh, in each of his previous uh, managerial stops. Um, does it still play, and how long does it play? I think that's something that still is to be seen, but. Um, it's still in that early honeymoon period of his managerial tenure. I mean, obviously this nostalgia is there. I mean, three decades in the Angels organization. I mean, for now, it's all good science from Joe Madden. I think obviously it's the type of hire that has this fan base a lot more reinvigorated. And it's, it's, it feels like he's going back to what this organization used to be. Uh, how you feel about that as a fan is up to you, but like, it seems like there is some sort of, it's a little bit more social-like in a way. One of the weird things I think about our job is that, uh, you know, when things are normal, not right now, but usually the, the manager is somebody that you talk to every day and you, whether you build a confrontational relationship or a good relationship or, you know, what, there's, there's a, a hundred different ways you can go about having that relationship, but you're still going to talk to that guy at least once a day, oftentimes two, maybe three times a day. Um, and so it becomes, for me, that is where journalism, the, the objectivity of journalism has been the toughest because there is a natural, I think, human nature to want to get along with somebody that you're going to see every day. And as such, like it becomes a, for me, I think a challenge to, um, to dole out criticism when it's warranted and, and I'll do it and I've done, and I've done it and it, it's just one of those parts of the job that I don't particularly like because there'll be guys that I genuinely like as people and I have to write something critical about them and, and it, it's good. It'll keep you fair. It, it keeps you like, I have to be able to defend why I wrote this. It has to be based on fact. Um, that's a very long setup to ask you, why did the Angels have to get rid of 
Brad Osmus after just one year. And I'm not asking you to just, you know, take a big dump of garbage on, on Brad Osmus's head, but, but it is a curious thing. Anytime a manager only lasts a year, was that just because they thought Madden was going to be available or what was, what, what happened there? Um, I think that might've been part of it. I think Joe, I think if Joe Madden was not available, uh, I think thing, there's a decent shot that things could have gone differently for Brad Osmus. But at the same point, Austin did himself that many favors in his first year. I mean, a lot of stuff happened out of his control. Obviously, very tragic circumstances in July with the loss of Tyler Skaggs. Um, and how he handled that, I think the week after that, I think was the high point of his managerial tenure as far as just leadership and things I saw from him. Uh, he spoke out in ways I hadn't seen him spoke, like speak out for most of the season. Uh, he was relatable. He was human in a lot of ways. And I think that's something that was resonated. And there's a reason why I think that team maybe performed a little bit above expectations for a couple of weeks after that. But then obviously, I mean, that slide in August and September, I mean, there was a lot of injuries related there, but you, there's still not enough to really have it where the team was just non-competitive the last two months of the year where they were, I think they had a lower winning percentage than I think the Orioles the last two months of the year, uh, which it was, it was at least like really, really close. Um, so, I mean, having a team slide off like that, uh, I think is never good for your managerial tenure continuing. Um, so I think there was, um, obviously when he was hired, um, it was part of obviously a big, like a pretty notable shift in the organization to sort of mainstream some of the stuff they were already doing behind the scenes in terms of how they evaluated players, how they evaluated the game, what the front office wanted the game to look like. Uh, I think under Socha, there was a little bit of a mix between the two philosophies. Uh, Socha was pretty amenable, amenable to like adding some obvious modern analytical principles. I mean, there's some stuff he was even doing early in his tenure that would fit what modern baseball looks like now. Uh, and then once Socha stepped down, Austin was sort of representing this opportunity to really put on the field what the front office was seeing with this roster. And I think there was moments where it you saw flashes of it working, but obviously there was some issues with the coaching staff. I mean, Doug White obviously was like after one year as well as a pitching coach. There's a lot of struggles there as far as getting that pitching staff to even be league average with a lot of some pretty talented, highly regarded prospects that came up and didn't perform that well. Um, and some major regressions from like guys like Trevor Cahill and Matt Harvey obviously didn't pan out and, at all. Uh, so having that, those obstacles in the way, I mean, it just sort of was, was like a cavalcade of things sort of going against Brad Osmus. And I think, uh, I think there's a way you could talk yourself into saying he deserved another year, but with Joe Madden on the market with the two months to end the season ending the way that they did, uh, you could see why front office and ownership really wanted to push towards winning in 2020. And doing so with a manager like Joe Madden. All right, I need some nominations from you. Um, I think every every rivalry, every interdivisional interdivision rivalry, there's one player for that other team that you 
you just have to like, in spite of yourself, you're like, man, I hate to see that guy play against us, but ugh, love to, love to watch that guy play baseball. Um, obviously with the Angels, I think with anybody, that's, that's gotta be Mike Trout. So let's just eliminate, let's, let's elevate him up to, he's, he's not, uh, allowed to be in this conversation because that's too easy. Uh, and then there's, there's generally one guy that you just want to see your team just humiliate. Like you just hate watching that guy as a fan of, of a team. So for Rangers fans watching the Angels, I need nominations for one guy that they are probably going to like in spite of themselves and one guy that they're just going to hate. And, and even if that hate, it used to be, you guys had David Freeze for a while. That was, that was an easy, um, yeah. he, he's got a lifetime, uh, hatred. He's, he's not allowed back in, in Arlington, I don't think. But yeah, who do you, who do you have? Who's the, they're going to like him in spite of themselves? Who's the, they're going to hate him? Uh, and you guys are going to love that they hate him. Um, okay. David Fletcher developed something of like a cult following in Angel's Twitter. Uh, there's just something okay. about it, like the Eckstein like qualities that he just exudes. So I think he's the type that like, at least I've noticed among fan bases has sort of universally started to develop praise, uh, just because of his really unique skill set, his ability to play a lot of different positions. Uh, he's not going to really say anything to really get under Rangers fans skins. I mean, I guess he annoying to play against just the fact that he's, very difficult to strike out. I understand why that can be frustrating as a fan, uh, to have like a seven pitch at bat where the guy just keeps fouling pitches off. Uh, but that's sort of what it's like to watch David Fletcher play. Um, yeah, so I think, respect that guy. yeah, he, he might be the type of, uh, guy that sort of is relatable to a lot of fans and he's sort of the guy you'd like to have on your team. Uh, plus he's just a kind of a unique guy aesthetically to watch play baseball just because he has like a tomahawk type swing and the way he throws is a little bit unorthodox, but it, he gets the job done in a lot of different positions. So David Fletcher is probably the guy that Rangers fans would root for. Uh, the villain. I don't know. I think, I guess I can go with the cop out answer and say Anthony Rendon just because he like the Rangers fans thought that they were going to sign him and he wound up with the Rangers, with the Angels. I mean, that seems like the yeah. Easy I don't think that's there. a cop out answer at all. I th- I think that is. I think that's a perfectly good answer. And uh, and to hear you describe David Fletcher, it sounds kind of like you're talking about maybe a Hunter Pence type player. With yeah, the sort of un- unorthodox swing, unorthodox throw, brings joy to the game. Hunter Pence has like a personality off the field that you can relate to as well. David Fletcher is sort of the type where his interviews do not last long. He's not much of a Oh, talk. okay. All right. Uh, okay. I think Mike Trout said Fletch is a man of not a lot of words. So that's sort of how David Fletcher is. I mean, he's apparently insanely competitive on everything off the field and stuff like that, but it's just really hard to tap into that. Whereas, like, Hunter Pence is obviously – everyone knows sort of what his personality is, like, off the field, and that's part of why he's so popular as well. Right on. Well, Fabian, thank you for joining us. Uh, it has been good to talk to you, and hopefully we'll see each other soon when it is safe to do so. And uh, we will high-five, and we will laugh, and we will have such a good time together. Good old friend. Oh, yes. <laughs> thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I just had to make it as awkward as possible at the end. I don't know why I had to do that. It's okay. Have a good one, man. We'll hey, talk to you soon. Stay, stay safe, man. All right. You too. Bye. Bye.